It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. La, 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 la. Lonely. That's a good song though, right? It's a great song. Great I'm, song. It's a fabulous song. I'm recording now, I was just now, about to sing that exact I, same thing. <laughs> you and I have that in our heads now. We ended the show with that song. It's called Super Lonely. If you've never heard it, um, it's Benny. Benny, two E's on the end. Um, and Gus Dapperton. Who don't look anything like what I thought they would look like. I just looked up the music video for it because I do dig the song. It's a really cool song. People say that about us all the time, though. I know. Oh, you're nothing like I pictured you. I know. For whatever reason, people think I'm a short black guy. I don't know why that's the image that comes to people's heads. What what people? What people think that? I get that regularly. Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were black. Really? Did you just say short black guy? Like, why are they so specific? Well, I, I mean, like Tory Lane short. Okay. Like, not a big black guy, a little black guy. I have never heard anyone say that about you. I've had people, I know people, my sister-in-law is one of them, who still, until she met you, you know Leanne, yeah. she didn't want to know what you look like. She was like, oh, I want to go out to that event, because she's been with us to a couple events, but I don't like knowing what, what people on the radio look like. I'm like, Leanne, I'm your sister-in-law. You know what I look like. like get over it. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Uh, and then you're right. A lot of the time, but then you don't know if they're trying to make a compliment or if they're giving you like a, they're, it's rude. Like you're not sure which one it is because they'll go, oh, you look nothing like what I thought. And then it's you're almost like, always rude. What does almost that mean? Always. Like, and then I want to know, but then maybe I don't want to know. Like, what do you mean? Like, oh, what no, is, it, it's yeah. typically like, oh, you're not like what I thought yeah. you, were, you were. <laughs> they oh. definitely picture us better. Like, it's the better version of us. It's it's Scott and Cat 2.0 that they picture in their mind. And you know what? That's fine, man. Don't Google us. Do us a favor. If you don't know what we look like, just don't bother. You'll be disappointed. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Welcome to After 9, everybody. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and get ready for an action-packed edition. We're going to start off by talking about Megan the Stallion. Okay. Everybody knows who that is, right? I mean, I know that Megan the Stallion is a prime example of an artist that everybody knew about before Terrestrial Radio figured out who they were. Mm-hmm. Or before Terrestrial Radio figured out that people liked her. Because that song has been percolating on TikTok for months. Yeah, you're it's talking about Savage. Savage. Yeah, you're talking yeah. about Savage, yeah. And now that she's getting that that real commercial radio spins, everybody is starting to pick up on her. And she's hanging out with Canada's own Tory Lanez, mm-hmm. for some reason, and Kylie Jenner. Mm-hmm. And what I'm really trying to understand here is how this incident that happened the other day went down. Because initially, we were told they got pulled over and they found a gun on Tory Lanez. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. Tory was, and, this is fact, Tory was arrested during a shots fired investigation. It was early in the morning on Sunday, booked for having a concealed firearm, which is a felony. Um, but unclear if the gun actually did any shooting, which is interesting. We still don't know. Yeah, we don't know who shot. And Megan the Stallion was taken to the hospital, we were told initially, because she had some cuts on her feet. And that doesn't seem like something you go to the hospital for, because all it was, apparently, was glass from the SUV. It shattered when the bullet started flying and apparently cut up her foot. So she had to go to the hospital. Now she's claiming she actually got shot. Mm hmm. In the foot. Uh, Yeah, not once, but twice, she says. Um, Can I read a bit of her Instagram post here? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So she can clarify. She clarifies the story because, like I said, media outlets like TMZ was reporting it, and you figure they'd be correct. No. She says, quote, 
I suffered gunshot wounds as a result of a crime that was committed against me and done with the intention to physically harm me. The police officers drove me to a hospital. I underwent surgery to remove the bullets. I'm incredibly grateful to be alive, and I am expected to make a full recovery. Here's Hold up. the thing. Here's the thing, because you're hearing that and you're going, well, well, how come we didn't know about that crime? The LAPD doesn't know basically what she's talking about. They say, quote, at the time Megan the Stallion was with police, she did not report she was the victim of any crime. And we haven't received additional information at this time. So, you know, as soon as she posted that, they probably came knocking at her door or whatever going, you didn't tell us the full story. Here's what I know. I'll tell you what I know right now about police officers, first responders, when they arrive on the scene of something like this, when they realize someone has injured their foot. Because first what they did is, and there's video of it, by the way. So what you see is Tory Lanes exited the SUV um, and he was fine. He was complying with police officers to the side. They asked uh, two, I think there was two females in there. One of them was Megan the Stallion to step out. And she's, I think she's the one sitting on a curb. Whatever the case was, there were lots of police officers there, one of which did escort her by ambulance. I know that if you are a a police officer on scene like that, or even a paramedic, you'd probably ask, hey, what happened here? Why are there bullets in your foot? And (laughs) they claim that they didn't know that she was the victim of a crime. Why didn't she tell, if, if this is true, if she did get a couple of bullets to the foot and get them removed by surgery... Uh, cops would be asking questions. I know they would. So why sure did she would. not either not tell them the truth or why did they not ask the questions? Okay. All good questions. Because we know the police would have asked if they knew that she had been shot. Okay, uh, who shot you? Yeah, That's hey, probably question one from a cop. Who absolutely. shot you? Hey, how'd you get those couple bullets in your foot there? Hey, how'd mm-hmm. that happen? And, and telling them you're a victim of a crime is important because... That's kind of their job. <laughs> That's kind of everything a police officer does is find out who did certain crimes. I'm thinking, okay, if I were to throw out my theory on this one, Megan knows exactly who shot at her, and she's not going to say. Okay. Because she is perhaps scared. I don't know. That's Or she guess. doesn't want to be a snitch. Or she doesn't want to snitches. We all know where snitches end up. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and where, Tori, where, where, where does Tori fit in on, on all this? Because he's well, got the gun. Well, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. What the hell is Tori Lane saying? And we don't know what happened, obviously, how she got shot in the foot, so she alleges. So it was apparently at a, at a home in Hollywood Hills, but not inside a house or anything. It was on a property, but it, we don't know if that was Kylie Jenner's. It could have been anyone's. This happened at some point after. 4.30 in the morning on Sunday. So that's when he was booked. So this happened sometime around then. What were what were they doing and who was being shot at? There's so many questions. So many questions. Somebody pointed out to me by text on our terrestrial radio show today on 91.5 The Beat that if you got shot in the foot, one of two things would happen. The bullet would hit bone and bounce out or it would go right through your foot. But having to have surgery to have bullets removed from your foot is highly Unlikely. Mm-hmm. The whole thing doesn't make sense. Like, who shot you? Why didn't you say something in the first place? What do you mean you had to have bullets pulled out of your feet? Um, uh, what's Tory Lanez's connection to this? Why were you at Kylie Jenner's house? Doesn't Kylie have security? Were you guys just fucking around with a gun or it went off accidentally? What happened here? Yeah. And why are you telling this story now? If you didn't want people to know you got shot, which it sounds like you didn't, why did did you go and put it on your Instagram for your millions of followers? Yeah. 
see Can all we the see questions? a picture? Do you see what I mean? There's so many questions. I really hope that we get some clarity on this because I've invested far too much of my time this week on this. It's a ridiculous story. And hey, if she did get shot at, oh, oh my God, obviously that's terrible. Let's figure out who did this. But if you're not going to say anyway, why did you say anything in the first place? Just keep it to yourself. Down low. Anyway, Megan the Stallion, if anyone knows who shot her, please contact police <laughs> or Crime Stoppers. 1-800-222-TIPS. I wonder what Canadian Crime Stoppers would do if somebody phoned in a tip about who, who fucking shot Megan the Stallion. <laughs> Either way, it's a great song. It is good. Savage. Um, it is astounding how many people fell for that Twitter hack Bitcoin scam yesterday. Mm-hmm. Like I'm blown away at how many dumb people there are on this planet that cannot figure out what's a scam and what's legit. In 2020, after all we've been through, the amount of people that have gone through cyber crimes, people are still falling for the most basic shit. Mm-hmm. Explain what happened here. Okay, so Twitter was hacked pretty hard yesterday. It was They're calling it the biggest attack in social media history, which sounds like super dangerous. Nobody was harmed here, except for some suckers who bought into this. So accounts from the likes of Apple, Barack Obama, Kim Kardashian and Kanye West, Bill Gates, Uber, pretty much if there's a massive, and Twitter's own account, actually, if there's a big following on that account, chances are it got hacked. A lot of people will point out, not Donald Trump, and they so there's a lot of conspiracy theories on that, because everyone wants to blame Trump on everything. Oh, sure. So anyway. I can, Donald Trump probably doesn't even know his own password. <laughs> like, shit. He didn't hack into anything. Uh, I Fuck. Wish. Uh, okay, so what happened was, uh, from those accounts were things tweeted out like this and they all sounded a little bit different but for example bill gates said something along the lines of hey guys i've got a really cool investment opportunity basically what i can do is i could double your money all you have to do is put your money in here and you'll get back double whatever you put in that's a guarantee from me and a link this is for 30 minutes only or something which seems so scammy to me like 30 minutes only guys and the window's gonna close so some people were onto it right away, reporting it to Twitter really quick. Other people clearly bought into it because they say at one point, one of the Bitcoin wallets that they could trace, and these are apparently very hard to trace, but the one of the fake, Bitco- fake Bitcoin wallets, I should say, had received more than $100,000 in Bitcoins through what they say is hundreds of transactions. It sounds like there were multiple fake wallets and they were quickly shuffling that money to other accounts. So the person on the other end of this knew what they were doing. So how did they get in, right? Maybe you're wondering that. Yeah. How did they get into every account? Because there's no way they individually mm-hmm. hacked into Barack Obama and Bill Gates and sports teams. And the list goes on and on right. and on. There's right. no way they had time to figure out all those passwords and then log into all of them at once. It had to have happened through the back end of Twitter. Yeah, well, that's basically what they're saying. They now say that it was actually the Twitter employees were targeted and they are still interviewing a bunch of Twitter employees, some of which were apparently uh, either offered money or or blackmailed into giving access to this back end. This back end gained those people access to some internal systems, some tools where they're able to change email addresses. So it's not even like straight up they saw a password because apparently it's pretty protective once you're in there even. You can't even see the password unless you like have to go through some hoops. But what they could do was change the email addresses associated with, associated with those accounts. So therefore they were then able to reset the passwords. That's how they're saying it happened. 
So they quickly did that with the system. No doubt about it. They had some form of software or what have you that helped them. And they, they, they managed to do it and do it as quickly as possible to the point where obviously the FBI is investigating, but I'm not sure if they have any leads. Twitter is going to keep everybody informed and up to date. They promise to be extremely clear on what they're doing and what the process is for everybody. Okay, but how can we not find these guys? I mean, that money went somewhere if it came from the people who fell for this scam they transferred it to an account somebody whoever runs bitcoin i have to assume there's some sort of a bitcoin central bank somewhere or somebody that oversees it somebody must be able to say okay so that money got transferred to account number three three one three one five okay well let's figure out who owns that and if the money left that account and got transferred to three four three three one five then who owns that? And they should be able to track where this money know. went to because inevitably somebody is going to pull that Bitcoin out and convert it to cash at a regular bank. I'm sure somebody like people know exactly a lot more detail about it. From what I understand, this might have been it was they, they call it fake Bitcoin wallets. So although it's saying that there were $100,000 in Bitcoin that were seen through transactions, I'm not sure it's actually in Bitcoin. Like we're just talking cash. So I don't think that the Bitcoin part actually even existed. So what accounts it went to is the question. It's not necessary. It didn't necessarily get transferred into Bitcoin from what I understand because they were fake Bitcoin wallets. So did it really go to Bitcoin wallets or was it just straight up cash that got transferred as soon as humanly possible to untraceable accounts? I don't know. I really don't know. But uh, all I know is there's a lot of suckers apparently that click on these links. Who is clicking on these links? Stop clicking on shit. And giving money, not just clicking on the link, taking it a step further and saying, here's my money. Here's my information. Take my MasterCard. Take my debit info. Who is doing this? This is the exact same people that when they get an email from some Nigerian prince who's stranded in the Bahamas and needs money, that, that'll send money to that Nigerian prince. Or, or uh, hey, uh, you've just been awarded some money from a long-lost relative that you didn't know you had. But in order to claim the money from their will, you need to send us a deposit or the taxes on it. The like, re- uh, the reason- use your fucking head. I know. The recent ones that piss me off are the robocalls, which we're getting all over again. They're just as worse as they've ever been. I don't know about you. But uh, getting the robocalls of, we are seizing your uh, bank information and we need your SIN to access. Please press 1 to access uh, our database and all this crap. I don't know if you get a lot of those. I've been getting a lot of those. And I wonder who's falling for this. But people, people do. I don't even answer the phone anymore. Unless it's someone who's in my contacts where I can see the name and phone number pop up, I don't answer it. And I thought... I would only answer calls from, okay, so it says Bell Canada on it. Maybe it's Bell with a better offer on my cable, or maybe it's, uh, maybe I missed a bill payment or something like that. I figured that I would still answer those calls, but even those are fucked up. So it'll come up on the phone as, hey, it's uh, uh, the gas company calling, but it's really this CRA scam Mm -hmm. where, oh, we're going to come and arrest you because you're behind on your taxes. No, it's just a call center somewhere over in India that's hoping they can scare you into sending them money. I really don't understand how this isn't traceable. How have we not been able to figure out how to stop those calls from coming? And the problem now is, and it's a big problem for businesses, we don't answer our phones anymore. And I highly encourage everyone, don't answer your phone 
unless it's from someone in your contacts. And if you own a business and you need to, by phone, reach out to your customers, you should probably tell people on your website, please add this number to your contacts so that when we call you, you know it's legit. That's the only way to fix it because whatever software they're using to mask their name or change the number that they're actually calling from, it's messed up and people are getting ripped off. And I don't know if anybody's taking this seriously and trying to combat the problem, but it's very, very frustrating. Uh, Let's talk about what happened in Lake Ontario yesterday morning and Tuesday night. I'm already giggling. I'm already laughing. Tell the story. It's great. Okay. Are these people stupid or do you feel bad for them before I tell the story? Stupid. They're stupid. Stupid. Yeah. I have questions about this too. Look, I don't want to call them stupid. I just think it was a stupid idea. I'm not saying they're stupid because we all do stupid shit. What they did was stupid. You have three people that had a giant pink flamingo floaty. A floaty like you would use in a backyard pool. Well, they decided they were going to go to one of the Great Lakes. Lake Ontario, and around Pier 4 somewhere in Hamilton, Ontario, they put their floaty in the water. And I have to assume that they were trying to go somewhere, because even though they did not have life jackets, terrible idea, by the way, to go on the water without a life jacket. Absolutely. Even though they didn't have those, they did bring oars And an air horn. So they were planning to paddle somewhere and they had a little bit of a signaling system in case they got too close to a boat. Well, the problem is they drifted way off course, way away from where they wanted to be. So since they had their phones with them, also a bad idea, by the way, because it doesn't matter if you plan to stay in the floaty. All it takes is one rogue wave and your cell phone is done. However, They decided, we better call police because we can't see the shore anymore. This was about 10 o'clock at night on Tuesday. Hamilton police are like, let me get this straight. You're in a pink flamingo floaty (laughs) somewhere in Lake Ontario, roughly near Hamilton. Getting that call would be the best. Oh, would be the, would just change your shift right around, right? If you're having a shitty shift and then you get that call, that's the best. Totally. So they dispatch the Marine unit. And the Marine unit heads out and finally finds them about four kilometers from shore. That's a decent way out. I mean, I used to go two or three kilometers away from shore, and I had a pretty big boat when I was downrigger fishing in Lake Ontario. They were even further out than that, and that's a long way. And the reason they decided to call police is because, A, it started to get very cold, and B, there was big cargo tanker ships passing them. That's a shipping channel that they're in. So the police get to them and they rescue them. They bring them on board the police boat. And then they haul ass back to Pier 4 in Hamilton. And that's when it must have become really real. I'm sure having to phone the police in the first place, yeah. that was probably embarrassing. But I'm guessing it was probably a quiet night for Hamilton cops and there wasn't a lot going on because when you see the pictures, there had to have been seven, eight cruisers all sitting there waiting for the Marine unit to get back to the dock. Of course. And then you have to stroll off the police boat like an asshole just because you got lost in Lake Ontario 
on a fucking pink flamingo these, floaty. These police officers are human, too. You're telling me if you didn't hear a call, even if you were at the end of your shift. Yeah, guys, I had to rescue some people on a big, giant pink flamingo. We are about to uh, dock now. You wouldn't fucking rush to that scene, too. I would. You, I got to You would see haul this. ass. I Lights gotta, and sirens. Let's I gotta, go. I got to see this with my own eyes. This is incredible. Holy shit. What were you thinking? Like, were they trying to get somewhere? What, were they trying to see how long it would take to get from Hamilton to Toronto if you were rowing on a pink flamingo? Is this some sort of a weird Guinness record attempt? I'd love to know what you thought you were doing. Uh, it's good. Unbelievable. Uh, the picture, by the way, is the feature image right now on this podcast if you want to see the aftermath of the pink flamingo. What trouble oh. did they get into, by the way? I don't think they were charged. Like, they didn't get charged with anything, right? Okay. Yeah. All right. I do almost think, though, you should get billed. If we have to rescue you for a dumb reason, we should, you should get a bill. You know, if people get a, a bill in an emergency situation when they've had to take an ambulance to a hospital, you get billed for that, by the way. Mm-hmm. If you get billed for that, I should think that you get billed if you take a giant pink flamingo floaty that's intended for a pool and take it four kilometers offshore into Lake Ontario and get stuck and almost dinged by an oil tanker. I would think, or a steel tanker, I would think you should probably get a bill for that rescue. Maybe that'll be a good reminder that Mm, yeah, maybe the uh, floaties are really just for very small inland lakes and not for the Great Lakes. And better yet, just keep them in the damn pool. There's no reason to put that in a Great Lake. <laughs> but here we are. Um, let's talk for a second here about the U.S. COVID-19 numbers. And I don't mean to laugh. I really don't. But God, if you're an American listening to this podcast right now, Maybe you could shoot us a quick DM. Are you scared or do you still think this is going well? Because us here in Canada and basically the rest of the world, with the exception of maybe Brazil, Mexico, India, and Russia, we're all looking at you guys saying, what is wrong with you guys? You're getting, they had 67,417 new cases on Tuesday. It doesn't look good it doesn't look good uh, at all um that's one day we had half of that in four months here in ontario it's really really bad texas florida and california make up half of those new cases and it's funny because somebody on my facebook today which just uh, i'm almost ready to deactivate my facebook i've almost had enough of facebook i'm almost done but anyway somebody on facebook today said oh those are just overinflated numbers. That's not real. That's not legit. Think about that. Do you want to do the math, cat, or should I? Go ahead, because this is the argument I've heard nonstop, is that it doesn't make sense. That and, well, you guys are more spaced out up in Canada. Oh, okay. Uh, well, you're not wrong about that. We do have a very, very big country, and we have a smaller population than America. But here's why that's legit. So I did the math today. Ontario, for example, at the height of the pandemic back in April and May, was averaging a little over 1,000 new cases a day. That's 1,000 new cases for 14.5 million people. And while the country itself may be very spaced out, our big cities are fairly congested. In fact, Toronto is what? The third or the fifth biggest city in North America. You guys don't have more than three or four cities bigger than Toronto. Just so you know, we're pretty crammed in here, too. But we were getting about 1,000 new cases a day at 14.5 million people. If you take Florida, Texas, 
and California. Add those three together. They make up half of the daily new cases. Population of those three states combined is roughly 120 million. Well, if you do the math, if we were getting about 1,000 cases a day with 14.5 million, it's kind of plausible that you guys could get 30,000 cases with 120 million people. But let's keep in mind here, you guys already have a ton of infections, and it's perfectly reasonable to assume that one infected person could, on average, give it to one other person and infect them. Plus, everything's open down there. Not everything is open here. In fact, the vast majority of Ontario is not dining indoors yet. We're still physically distancing. We're all now being encouraged to wear masks so we can get our 102 new cases yesterday down to zero. I don't understand why America can't get their shit together and do the exact same thing. Because what it looks like they're going to have to do now is they're going to have to go into like a hardcore, enforceable lockdown, cat. Yeah. Well, and this is the argument that I've heard, too, is, well, in this, like, they have to. They have to let things, they had to make things reopen again because people would go even more crazy. People would protest in the streets and make it worse. But they weren't paying is, people like we were here and like most of the rest of the no, world was. No, they had the payment protection plan, but that was only, that was businesses only, if I'm correct. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah. So the government needs to step up and help the people. That, uh, that seems to be the issue to me, you know? Well, I mean, here we had the CERB. People were getting, what, was it two grand a month for up to four months that you had to stay home? Americans got uh, some stimulus money. They got a check for like a thousand or twelve hundred bucks or something like that. But they didn't really get much more than that. We had a lot of different funds that were kicking money to the people. And keep in mind, it bankrupt us. We are now over a trillion dollars in debt because of that. But when it was time to reopen, we could reopen safely. People weren't pounding down the doors uh, waiting to hop over the bar and start pouring and, and begging to get into fucking Disney World. They, we weren't like that here because we basically got paid to stay home unless you were an essential worker, in which case you just got your regular paycheck and that's all there is to it. So when America finally got the opportunity to go back to work, the cases started spiking up again. By the way, this is roughly around the time when all of the massive protests in America, if cases spread there, they would start popping up throughout the population. And, and it's weird because nobody will admit that there was any cases that came from that. But I, it, it's perfectly unreasonable to think that the coronavirus spread isn't at least partially linked to those protests and rallies that happened in America just a couple of weeks ago. So it really is a shit show. It seems that way as Canadians looking down there at America. And frankly, I don't know what you guys are going to do about it, but I highly recommend you shut her down for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. You have to. Here's the thing that I find interesting is that it seems to be going backwards there compared to where it's going here. And by that, I mean... Our government is the one that's really running the show, and businesses have to reflect whatever the government says. So in Ontario, for example, okay, everybody, you got to wear masks in inside all public places. What they say goes. And then all the big chains, including Walmart, I'll use Walmart as a prime example, because I saw no employees at my Walmart that I usually go to wearing masks up until now when they have to. Okay, but that's because the government did it. There, it seems to be the other way around. There's businesses in the states that are deciding to shut their own doors because they realize that's the right thing to do. But fuck, if the government ever says anything to them, they're too afraid to do it. It seems to me. It's um, 
You know what? Walmart is the leader that America needed, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I, and now that Walmart's done it, you can bet most other retailers yeah. will probably follow suit, I would think. Yeah, or it, shut you down. You know what? This is something that should have been mandated from it, the top. Yeah. If, and, if the, and if those businesses aren't making people wear masks inside, they're shutting down completely. And I think it was some KFCs and things like that in really bad areas that just said, no, you know what? Don't come in here for your chicken because you obviously can't uh, you can't listen. So we have to shut this down to make sure that you're not causing anything. At least not in our in our facilities. Nope. No, thank you. It's messed up. Yeah, it is messed like, up. It's not right. It's like I said, it's very backwards. It seems to be going very backwards there. Um, let me talk quickly here about this weird study. I, I think it's weird, but you know that when kids are getting ready to graduate, they have to do a big research project. And um, so all kinds of weird stuff ends up getting studied. And somebody was apparently fascinated by the Nathan's hot dog eating contest that takes place on Coney Island for the 4th of July every year. And this year, Joey Chestnut set a new world record when he ate 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. <laughs> he's, he's unbelievable. Yeah. So this person that did this study... Wanted to find out, okay, well, what's the maximum capacity of a person? Because 75 hot dogs with buns seems like a lot of food. How much can the human stomach actually hold? Hmm. I'm going to tell you, Kat. I mean, winning a world record is one thing for Joey Chestnut. But he is almost defying scientifically impossible odds. Really? The max that a human can hold is 84. No stomach is capable of holding more than 84 hot dogs with buns, even if you have trained and conditioned your stomach. But he has. Even if you have, you can't eat more than 84 in 10 minutes. You you need uh, more than 10 minutes so you can clean the pipes, take a shit, that sort of stuff. And then you have a little more room in your belly. But you can't do it in less than 10 minutes. You can't eat more than 84 hot dogs. That has been proven now. Competitive eaters, they train. They're ready for this. It's good. Well, it's a mix of things, though. It is a mix of things because there's a bit of actually a decent amount more than probably people would think studies done on competitive eating and what happens inside the brain. Because in a lot of cases, it is a brain thing, too. The brain for most competitive eaters does not tell you to stop. Whereas you and I could sit down at an all you can eat buffet, which doesn't happen right now. But we could sit there at an all you can eat buffet. And at a certain point, our brain triggers our body and says, Whoa, whoa, whoa. You That's enough. Turn it down. Stop right now, right? Put that fork down. Whereas their brain does not have that trigger. So they can continue to eat without feeling ill and without feeling too full until, of course, a certain point. But you're right. There's got to be a point. Is it not possible that also if you had a combination of that, so a trigger in your brain that's just missing, and also like maybe a longer intestine than normal? What if the, the Joey Chestnut has that combined? I feel like his body should be donated to science mm-hmm. when he dies because... Because it's very fascinating and intriguing. If you want to read that study, head to scottandcat.ca and you can read all about it. Uh, Two more things I want to touch on quickly here. There's a jewelry store owner in Michigan that's doing something super cool. A lot of businesses have had to pivot and reimagine how to do their business in the pandemic so that they don't go under. And I think that's great that there's been some some really creative ideas on Mm -hmm. how you can still do business in this pandemic. But this jewelry store owner, he's a brilliant guy. His name is Johnny Perry. He's in Washington Township, Michigan. He did shut down for the pandemic. And rather than using that time of shutdown to put floor markings down and to put up plexiglass and all that shit, he took his entire inventory and buried it. And now he's holding a modern day 2020 
treasure hunt. You can buy a ticket at johnnystreasurequest.com for $49. It will give you a map or clues, if you will, to try and find some of the buried items that he had on sale. And and he had uh, watches, gold, diamonds, silver, and more. They say each treasure that you could find is worth a minimum $4,000. Would you pay, pay 49 bucks for a clue that could lead you to a minimum $4,000 one? Look, he, okay, I think that this is actually kind of brilliant. because I think so, too. There are families, for example, let's use families as an example, who are looking for shit to do. And a lot of places are either closed or you're a little too nervous to do them for the ones that are open. And for 49 bucks, that seems like fun for the whole family. Let's go on a literal treasure hunt. So I'm assuming, Scott, if I find this, if I dig up that necklace, it's mine? Is that how that works? Yeah, if you find it, it's yours. First one, Because it, it's also a race, right? There's yeah. lots of people who are going to buy clues. It's really just a matter of who finds it first gets to keep it. And in his own kind of way, this is his new business. He's got an item. He buries it. He puts out all these clues. Whoever finds it gets it. That's the transaction. But whoever doesn't find it lost 49 bucks. He made 49 bucks off of every one of those people that bought a clue and didn't find it. In a way, he may actually make more money now this way than he would if he had actually just kept his doors open and paid staff and paid for the rent of the business and hydro waiting for people to come through the door who are probably going to try and negotiate him down anyway. Mm hmm. He's going to do great with this. So 49 bucks. It's johnnystreasurequest.com if you want to buy a ticket. I think this guy deserves Sweet. an award for creativity. Hey, and maybe some places, uh, the people who own places like this are listening and going, yeah, not a bad idea. Maybe I'll do that too. You know, how the hell did he think of that? I mean, how much money have we spent in, say, like the last two years on axe throwing and on uh, panic or escape rooms right. and shit like that? Okay, for 49 bucks, you get that clue that could lead you to a $4,000 treasure. You didn't win shit axe throwing. You didn't win anything for getting out of that fucking room. This, you could get a $4,000 prize, minimum. Yeah, It's the same it's investment. Cool. I say have at it. Get some friends together and go. Um, last thing, does Fox not get the news or why are they sticking with Nick Cannon on the Masked Singer? Because okay. everybody else wanted to let him go, right? That's what we talked about the other day. And now somehow he's still keeping his biggest show. Yeah, well, we shouldn't say everybody wanted to let him go because he actually is doing things with other networks as well. Um, and nobody said anything else. Not as big. Um, Qu is it Quibi? What's this one? Remember the Celebrity Call Center? We were just talking about Celebrity Oh, yeah, calls. yeah, yeah. So, for example, that's that's not shut down, but they've already wrapped that season, basically. Um, <laughs> Fox says, this is, this is also one of those so many questions kind of things, because according to Viacom CBS, who owns uh, MTV and Nickelodeon, they fired Nick Cannon right away, and they say that they were disgusted by his anti-Semitic comments on his podcast. That, that's the reason why. So then Nick the next day did end up posting an apology, but said that he did reach out to Viacom CBS. His show, Wildin' Out, is the one that he got canned from, but basically Viacom CBS is done with him. They're not doing anything with Nick Cannon going forward. So he said it's bullshit because he tried to reach out to them to apologize. That's one of their reason, reasonings for firing him. They claim that he, he did not do that. But he says he did try to reach out, and he named specific names. I tried to call this person. I tried to call that person. They say, to their knowledge, that's not true. But then over at Fox, where he hosts The Masked Singer, 
They say Nick did, in fact, contact them just the way he's saying that he contacted uh, Viacom CBS. They had a great conversation. He accepted the fact that what he said was not okay. He he called it a learning experience. And to Fox, that's all they wanted. They wanted to hear from Nick that what he said was wrong. And he ended up issuing an actual apology because the first time around he didn't. But he ended up issuing an actual apology to those he offended last night being uh, Wednesday night on his Twitter. Okay, let me just point out what some people are no doubt thinking, because people automatically try and look for hypocrisy. They flip it around and say, well, would it happen the other way? If a white guy had gone on and made anti-black remarks, this wouldn't be an issue. He'd be gone. But black guy makes anti-Semitic remarks. Ah, well, we spoke to him. He apologized. It's fine. It wouldn't happen the other way, would it? Do you think it would? Because I don't think it would. A lot of people probably think it wouldn't. If, let's say, for example, uh, uh, they just let Tom Bergeron go from Dancing with the Stars. If Tom Bergeron had gone and made anti-black remarks, he wouldn't have lasted a second. He would have been fired. Yeah. And it wouldn't matter that he went and phoned his buddies at the network and said, ah, here's what I meant. I apologize. Uh, I'll put out a statement on Twitter. Okay, you're forgiven. Come on back and do one of the biggest shows on television. on, it wouldn't happen that way. Can I, can I be honest with you? What I think actually is happening here is that Viacom CBS wanted any excuse to get rid of Nick Cannon. And maybe maybe he didn't get along well with the people on the show. I mean, we don't know what happened internally. I think, honestly, they were just... I don't think it has to do with anything, unfortunately, to do with what he said, religion, race. I think he, they were waiting for any kind of excuse to let him go. They fired him so fast, Scott. I don't even think he would have had a chance to contact them personally and say anything before they did it. Like It, it went like this. His podcast was unleashed, revealed, posted... And Viacom CBS fired him almost immediately. So it's almost like they had they were on the trigger just waiting for something to happen for a reason, too. Maybe his contract was getting too big. Maybe, like I said, he didn't get along with someone at the network. I think there were other things happening there that, that had everything to do with Nick Cannon and not necessarily what Nick Cannon said or what he apologized for or didn't apologize for. That's what yeah. I think. Let me say here, I don't know what happened behind the scenes. And to be honest with you, I don't listen to Nick Cannon's podcast. I don't know what he said. Or how anti-Semitic it was, or if it was just, I I don't understand any of the circumstances. I'm just saying that in this particular case, it does seem like a bit of a double standard. So, um, we'll wait and see what happens. I don't know. Is there even going to be another edition of The Masked Singer? We can't get people to wear regular masks, (laughs) let let alone a fallen angel or a giant cat or a dog or something like that. Well, we'll see if the plans continue on. But yes, they did say that their their plan is, as long as all goes well, for them to start filming again in the fall, a new edition of The Masked Singer, and they know that they're going to be able to do that safely. We'll see. I mean, they said that about Survivor, although that's a completely different style show over at CBS, a different network, uh, and you're on an island with people sharing things and and such but they uh, actually but you're legitimately self-isolated for two uh, for a month at least you know what though the issues in the states are they can't they can't pluck people off right now and bring them there they're gonna have to i think it's just too expensive to be honest with you for the network and it looks bad because they're gonna have to pluck whatever 15 16 people whatever they do out of their homes right now some of them will have coronavirus guaranteed uh, and then they're going to have to wait and quarantine them before they even start filming and then hope to God that they don't have coronavirus by the time they want to start filming. I think it's just honestly too, become too expensive. So they're just scrapping it all together and doing it in January. 
Hmm. They have to leave the country. I mean, you know, they have to go to islands and set up. It's very expensive to yeah. run Survivor on that <laughs> island. Not a lot of countries pining for Americans to come in right yeah. now. Bingo, right? I maybe mean, you maybe it, that was the problem. They couldn't find 26 Americans that don't have coronavirus. Yeah. On it, honestly, <laughs> though, if you think about it, you have to, there's, there'd be such a process, plus the fact that they have to leave and go to another country. Who wants them there? They're probably like, fuck no, don't. Don't come, please. Uh, whereas something in The Masked Singer, where you can have a studio in a bubble, perhaps attached to a hotel, and you can film it all, and you can can it. You could can. They they already do. They that's what they did. They canned the show the last time around. That's why the coronavirus basically didn't exist through the entire thing. So they're probably hoping to do that kind of thing all over again. But yeah, they say Nick Cannon will be the host uh, once again as he has been. All right, everybody, we got to go again. Thank you for downloading. We will have another new edition of After Nine coming out tomorrow.